Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to ignite the growth of your agency. It should be a really enjoyable experience. And when somebody phones us and I think, well, if they're phoning to sell, it's because something big has probably happened in their life. Generally speaking, if the office is manned to the correct number, then they should be answering the phone within two to three rings. We've created a super special free Firewave gift packed full of marketing goodies just for our podcast listeners. You can get yours by going to www.fire-wave.co.uk slash free gift. Here are your hosts, Sam and Phil. Welcome back to the last in this little mini series of three episodes called Don't Make Them Think. So in episode one, we covered websites and how to make it very, very easy for people to do business with you via your website. Episode two, we covered the marketing call to action and showed how important it was to have a call to action that showed not only the what you want somebody to do, but also why and the result and the impact for them. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about phones. Yeah, not just phones, communication as a whole across your company, whether that be emails. We all have played email tennis before and, and how you can then take them from email onto phones and we call it the hierarchy of communication to make sure that you make a decision easy as possible to book an appointment, easy as possible to eventually do business with you. So it kind of, a lot of the time it starts on the phone, doesn't it? So you're already setting the tone by the communication method that you have on the phones. And we give our team a lot of phone training. Probably two of our four training sessions a month is on phone training, would you say? It's the place you can do most impact, I think. Mm. It's probably the, the place where we find agencies struggle when we do mystery shops. And it's quite a really simple way to differentiate because they quite often just got off the phone from a different agency or about to go on the phone with a different agency. So it's very instant and quick verification of maybe which agent you're going to use and they'll know how they feel after having spoken to different companies. So it, it, it's more important that I think the industry gives credit to. Yeah, you know the Maya Angelou quote, she says, people will forget what you said and they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget mm. how you made them feel. And it doesn't really matter whether they're a buyer or seller, because obviously we value sellers often higher than buyers, but they don't need to know that or feel that. And nor should your team treat them any differently. I spoke to a buyer the other day on the phone and they'd clearly phoned quite a few agents because they were phoning back for the second time to book a viewing on a different property from the first time and hadn't realized they were phoning the same agency. So in order to try and make sure that we had a bit of differentiation created, I talked to him in a quite personal way and we ended up talking about his travel plans and Svalbard and Iceland and that kind of thing. And it was interesting. Now I want him to remember that next time he phones. So I don't want him to think, oh, I'm phoning a Mm. random agent for another house to view. I want him to think, oh, I'm going to phone that agent that talked to me about Svalbard and that was interested in what I had to say. Yeah. One rule we have in the office is that any sort of any decision or any important piece of information should not and cannot be done over email. Email is for confirming information. And and that's something that's really important, whether they're a client or whether it's a valuation, change to a date, time, etc. It should always be done over the phone. You can control the narrative much better over the phone. And actually even delivering news that could be contentious. So when we go and do evaluation, if we feel like the valuation could be contentious in any way or is perhaps different from what they were expecting, either higher or lower, then we'll always do that by phone before we then back that up with our report and our video that we send to them. Because that way you, you can read people, even on the phone, you can read people, you can understand whether they're disappointed or they're elated. 
And then you can feed off that in order to make sure the next part of the communication chain is relevant to them. Yeah. So the first thing we'll talk about is not feeling like a call center. So when someone calls your agency, does it go to welcome to X estate agency? Press one for lettings, press two for complaints, mm. press three for offers, press four for sales, etc. Um, or does it get to... And you know there's only three people sitting there. Except right next to each other, answering the same phones. <laughs> so alternatively, can it go to a human being who answers with a smile on the face without the feeling that they are being disturbed and they're able to direct to the right person that way? And this is all about making it a pleasant experience to do business with you, which goes back to the don't make them think. When you're trying to, I don't know, order something from John Lewis and you have to get on the phone and it takes an absolute age to get through and you're still on the phone 30 minutes later and you still haven't spoken to a human, it reflects on John Lewis as a brand and it makes you feel like John Lewis are then difficult to deal with. I'm not picking on John Lewis. I don't know what they're like on the call centres because I've never phoned them. I've never met John either. But I've phoned Eon quite a bit recently and that has been hell on earth. Eon? Eon Electricity. And I can be on the phone to them for an hour before I ever speak to anybody. And when you do get to speak to anybody, they're, you know, they're... Everyone blames COVID. Everybody. It's because of COVID. How, how are you slow at answering the phone because of a virus? It's beyond me. So COVID aside, and we are recording this in March 2022, COVID is a long distance memory. It's not, it's not true. It's still everywhere. It's about making sure that that person feels like a VIP every step of their journey with you because it's a lot easier to do business with somebody, with a firm, when you are made to feel special. You're made to feel like your call is wanted and you're not interrupting them. Let's face it, when somebody phones the office, I can guarantee they are interrupting our team. Our team are not just sitting there waiting for the phone to ring. And I have heard tuts in the office where somebody's trying to get on with something and the phone rings again and again and again. But that's business. That is our business. That is literally cash phoning. And it's what keeps everybody in a job. And it's actually the purpose of everybody's job. So trying to help our team understand what is in that person's mind and what that person's feeling when they phone up is of paramount importance. So something we, we teach them to do is try and put themselves in the shoes of that person that's ringing. And you mentioned that Molly, um, my daughter, your wife, she doesn't like phoning to find information about things, does she? No, she doesn't phone anyone. No, she doesn't like phoning to book a viewing. She doesn't phone the Chinese. And there's plenty of people like that, usually women, actually, mm. I think. It's usually born out of bad experiences. Or be, or, I think it is. Or being made to feel stupid. Yes. It's usually. Well, poor Maria's been trying to buy a house recently, and she has been made to feel stupid at every step of her journey with every other agent. Of course, she can't have a viewing. Of course, that house is sold straight away. Of course, it's gone for over asking. And just making her feel like she should have known those things, and therefore, she is made to feel stupid. And it's been a really unpleasant experience for her, something that actually should be one of the most exciting and enjoyable experiences of her life. Her first home with a boyfriend she's been with for years and years, it should be a really enjoyable experience. And when somebody phones us and I think, well, if they're phoning to sell, it's because something big has probably happened in their life. Or if they're phoning to buy, it's because they've got these exciting new plans. And I want us to be part of that in quite an emotional way. And by doing so, I think that what you're doing is you're putting yourself on the same side as them. We're in this together. We're going to help you get to wherever you need to get to, move on in every way that somebody can move on. And that's why that language and that way that you deal with them is so of paramount importance. Yep. Next on the list is... Hi, I'm Harry. I'm owner of Johal's Estate Agents Leicester and Finding Country Leicestershire. The results I've achieved through FW training and all the masterminds is just incredible. I've been able to step back from business and actually grow my business two folds, which is a great achievement. 
we're going to help you get to wherever you need to get to, move on in every way that somebody can move on. And that's why that language and that way that you deal with them is so of paramount importance. Yep. Next on the list is answer times. And this is a moving goalpost, I think, because although answer times is quite important, there's also times where we put other things first. So for example, sending letters out on certain days and times comes before answering the phone. If they haven't hit their weekly target of letters sent out, the phone doesn't get answered until that's been met. Also, we're in a team meeting. Yeah, or we're in a team meeting. But generally speaking, if the office is manned to the correct number, then they should be answering the phone within two to three rings. And let's face it, they either are not answering the phone because they're super busy doing something that we've already told them is a priority, or they're answering the phone straight away and making that person feel like a VIP. And there shouldn't really be any gray area there. Mm. That's it. So when they've got a person on the phone, that person should feel like the most important person in our team member's life at that moment. And therefore, if the other phones ring and they're on their own, they shouldn't be trying to get that person off the phone. They've got to give that person that's on the phone the due care and attention. And our record, I think, in our office is about 35 minutes that Bex was on the phone to a buyer who wanted to tell her her entire story, her entire life story and exactly what she had planned. And in that way, she became an advocate for us because she loved the opportunity to be able to tell Bex about that. Yeah. And it's the way you answer the phone as well. When you pick up the phone, don't finish off your conversation. You know, we've all done it where someone answers the phone and they take maybe one or two seconds to say hello because they're finishing off a conversation with a colleague or with someone and you feel like where you are interrupting them and you feel it. And the conversation, you feel it has to move quickly and you just ask about exactly what you need as opposed to actually having a chat. So it's important that when they do answer the phone, they are solely concentrating on helping that person. And it can be difficult, especially if you've got the screen open and there's emails flying in and a funny conversation going on in the corner or whatever it may be. It's quite difficult to make sure they're 100% focused on that person. But you can definitely feel it if the person you're talking to on the phone isn't fully engaged. I'm probably guilty of it. I definitely am. When you get an email come in or something happens and I can just be saying, yes, I have no idea what I'm agreeing to. <laughs> But it's important to keep drilling down to your team how important it is. Because as we said before, you never forget how you feel. And it might be a valuation request and you go out and actually you were the favor and now you're not at all because somehow the other agents have, have changed it up. And I would expect majority of people have a strong inkling of who they're going to choose before anyone actually steps through the door. Mm, I think you're probably right. A couple of tips to help you and your team make sure that you are focused on the caller when they phone. One is to turn away from your screen. Sounds simple, but just doing that really focuses your attention. Go and, I don't know, stare at a plant in the corner or the remains of your breakfast or whatever, but don't look at the screen and definitely don't try and type things into the screen like on a CRM. So all our team have got blank pad next to them and therefore when somebody phones, that's where they'll write the information. And yes, of course, sometimes it does mean that a key piece of information has been missed, but we would rather that happened then that person just feels like it's four bedroom, two bathroom, three mile radius, you know, and they just feel like a tick list and they feel that that information goes into some black hole and they'll never hear from anybody again. But we do our mystery shops once a month where we phone an agent somewhere in the country, could be you, and we pick on a particular house and we just phone up on speakerphone in front of everybody in the team meeting and we ask for more information about that house. We might ask a difficult question, which our team have been asked in the last week to see how that particular agent responds. Or the very simplest one is, can you send me a brochure, please? And you wouldn't believe how hard it is to do business with these agents. For a start, 
I asked last week, I think, yeah, in the last week's team meeting, I asked a lady if I could have the brochure sent. And she said, can I not email it? I talk about trying to put obstacles in my way. Clearly, there's a reason I've asked for a brochure and therefore I want the brochure by post. So why is she arguing with me when it's right at the very beginning of a potential relationship? At that point, she had no way of knowing if I've got a three million pound home just down the road from her office that she could sell. But I tell you what, at that particular point, had I got a a lovely house to sell, I wouldn't have chosen them because I thought I would think, well, if it's difficult for me to do business with you, it's difficult for my buyers to do business with you. So you are being judged every step by how you answer the phone, how you react to people. So when they phone, they being, let's say, a buyer, what kind of questions are your team asking this buyer? Are they just saying how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms? Or are they saying, what's prompting the move to the Lake District? Who's going to be moving with you? What's really important to you? What, what drew you to that particular house? What has that house got that made you excited? Tell us more about that. It's about finding out emotive details, information, really, as opposed to the actual bedrooms or whatever it may be. It's never about the house, really, whether it's a buyer or seller. It's about the person. If the person feels listened to and the person feels like you understand them, and their needs, then that is a lot more powerful than having a structural survey on their house via a phone call. Yeah. Well, if you just have to look at, is it called Location, Location, that program with Kirsty and Phil, where they... You missed a location. It's what? You missed a location. <laughs> location, location, location. And the buyers always choose a wild card because they said four bedrooms, two bathrooms, not next to a road. And what they meant was two bedrooms, one bathroom next to a road mm. because they didn't know. And your buyer doesn't know. And I've had buyers say to me, oh, I'm sure everybody asks for this. because So they're already feeling a little bit uncomfortable when they ask for their dream home, which is a beautiful cottage, you know, on the side of the lake for 200000 But our job is to make them feel comfortable with that request and make them feel that that isn't a stupid request. That what they, well, that's a little bit stupid, but, hmm. but what they want, you know, with a few tweaks could be available to them. Their dream might be within reach, but they're so used to calling and being told their dream isn't in reach that just by saying that it is and just by making them feel that it could be and there's fantastic possibilities for them, what already differentiates you. Yeah, so our team will ask questions to buyers like, what specifically attracted you to this home? And then hopefully that will open up new angles like, uh, well, the garden's great for the kids. Okay, what, you know, how many kids do you have? What age are they? Are you looking at schools? What are you? And, and go into more detail like that as opposed to if they have a regimented form in front of them, it's probably... How many bedrooms are you looking for? Five. Well, that doesn't allow you then to go into any more questions because the next is Why how many bathrooms? <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't go into any detail. It's no. actually, well, how many bathrooms? How many, how many sitting rooms? What size land? Well, they have no idea. No. There's never any meat on those bones. And, and that's what's important for our team to get. Yeah, you could ask for the non-negotiables. So what's super important to you? But even, I don't think there are non-negotiables. But they think there are. So yeah. just actually asking those questions will allow them just, just to unpick. And you don't have to call them non-negotiables, but what's really important to you, I'd really like to be able to walk to a pub. That's great. That I mean, that opens up another conversation, doesn't it? How far can you walk? When you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and then this feeds then into the email communication because you can't be all happy and fun and talking about Svalbard and then send them an email that says, dear Mr. Jones, I'm delighted to confirm your appointment on three. You know, you have to then bring that tone of voice into your email communication or your text, or your WhatsApp, or however you're communicating with them next. Yeah, that's why CRM templates don't work. No, it needs to feel like a person. We've got our own templates, of course, we've got a copy and paste, but we always try and inject a little bit of, you know, like after a val, you know, it was really nice to meet you and your husband, and 
Monty the dog. And thanks very much for your lovely shortbread. Next time I'm booze, I'll get some. So it's got to have something real in there that makes them know it's not a template where they feel like a, an individual. And so often in our lives these days, when we're doing any kind of business, we don't feel like an individual. Mm. We just feel like a transaction. And that makes it difficult, I think, for companies to do business with us. Yeah. So don't make them think that they're not being listened to. Don't make them think that they're just one of thousands, their, their number. Make them feel like you actually care, whether it's buyer, seller, we all supplier, know that surveyor. Yeah, a buyer is a future seller and a buyer may speak to other people. You don't know who they're talking to. Obviously, a seller would take overall priority in terms of time and, and potential who comes first in communication. But buyers, we know buyers expect to be treated as VIPs. And Well, I think, they say, I think it's fair to say they would hope to be, but they're not by other agents. No, no. It, I think it goes, it goes the total other way. And I don't know whether that's because they expect to be treated as a VIP. Yeah, we all have had these quite aggressive buyers. and it's Cash buyers. <laughs> no chain. And I think it's easy for us to go into a bit of passive aggressive mode. You know, I'm not sure if I can get you in that day, but let me see. But I am a cash buyer. Yeah. This is ludicrous. I'm a cash buyer. But we do, we do, we come end up being patronizing and we've got to try and make sure that we yeah. remember there's a person at the end of the phone that is, you know, your mum, your granddad, you know, your next door neighbor is a person. And that person has their own hopes and dreams. And sometimes they're so eager to get on with the next bit of their life that that comes across as aggression or they're fearful of what they're about to lose in some way. And that comes across as being high-handed. But they're just people. They're just people. And if you met them in the street or they held the door open for you or, you know. Yeah, a good example is, this is a good training idea for you and your team is we sell, let's say, the £1 million average price. And every now and again, we'll get someone with £200,000 budget who will call us and say, I want a four bed with a view. Now, they've got no chance, but it's a very delicate conversation to have where you don't know what they've been through to get that £200,000. It could have been 30, 40 years of saving and hard work and 12 hour shifts to be then shot down to say, well, actually, you've got no chance. You know, it's a delicate conversation and there's a way you need to approach it. So whatever that 200,000 mark is in your agency, maybe 20,000, it may be 2 million if you're Ben's Grace or George Verdes, <laughs> whatever it may be, it's a good train to say, look, what would you say? Because mm -hmm. actually, if you ask your team, 200,000 pound is a lot to them. If they just inherited 200,000 pound, they might be phoning around agents all, all excited as well. I'm a cash buyer. Especially the cash buyer. So that's it. It's all about communicating like a human, making them feel like a human, like they're wanted and that they are a really important person to you because that will engender trust and that will enable you to do business in a way that makes it easy for them and actually easy for you. So that's the end of our little mini series called Don't Make Them Think. If you've missed the previous two, we did websites in episode one and marketing in episode two. And this one was all about phones and communication. We've created a super special free Firewave gift packed full of marketing goodies just for our podcast listeners. You can get yours by going to www.fire-wave.co.uk slash free gift and following the simple instructions. That's www.fire-wave.co.uk slash free gift.